And we're at case number three. So the Mumon Khan is, um, as I've mentioned before, a whole series of koans, a whole series of examples of the non-dual in action. And there are 48 cases, and I've been going through each of them. We're not, tonight we're on case number three, which is called Gute's Finger. Now, koans are always based on the non-dual. Our basic nature is non-dual. There's not two things. We just keep imagining that somehow we're a separate thing, that there's a somehow I am in there and the world is out there. That's the basic essence of duality. Or I am somehow in there and my thoughts are out there. Or I am somehow in there and my body is out there. And we come, become separated, we become fractured. And we become, we fought, start fighting a war with ourselves. So all of the Buddhist teachings are about the non-dual. So how do, we teach, how do we teach separation? If we're teaching separation, saying, I know this, and you should learn that, in a way, that's two things. That's separation. So in this particular koan, Zen Master Gute is going to demonstrate a way of teaching separation, non-separation. So here's the koan. Uh, the collection I like to use is the one I first went through the Mumon Khan with. It's by Shibayama Roshi. And uh, called Zen Comments on the Mumon Khan. Classic. It's been around for decades. Here is the case. So each koan has a case, and then it has a commentary and a poem. The case here is Master Gute, whenever he was questioned, just stuck up one finger. That's all he did. At one time, he had a young attendant whom a visitor asked, what is the Zen your master is teaching? And the boy also stuck up one finger. Hearing of this, Gute cut off the boy's finger with a knife. As the boy ran screaming with pain, Gute called to him. When the boy turned his head, Gute stuck up his finger, and the boy was awakened. When Gute was about to die, he said to the assembled monks, I attained Tenryu's Zen of one finger, that was his teacher. I used it all my life, but could not exhaust it. When he finished saying this, he died. In the Mumon's commentary is the Satori, the awakening of Gute, and the awakening of the boy attendant are not in the finger. If you really see through this, Gute, his teacher, the boy, and yourself, are all run through with one skewer. And the poem is, Gute made a fool of his teacher. With a sharp knife, he chastised the boy. The, the god of the earth raised his hand with no effort, and a great mountain was split in two. So the koan's got different parts to it, but the part that we're going to be interested in is every time some, he was asked a question, he raised one finger. So that's the whole koan. Now, on an intellectual level, that is pretty dumb. How long is it going to take you to sit there and, you know? So, as with all koans, there is, there is a pointing, there is an effort to say, there's something here about our life. There's something here about what is present. It's not about some old guy's finger. It's about our own life. So, Gute, in this case, 
every time he was asked a question, he answered it. He responded. What does he respond with? Well, he may have had a very genuine experience of, of showing a finger in some dynamic way. But so what? It has nothing to do with us, right? Nothing whatsoever to do with us. So this koan is not about somebody else. And it's not even about our fingers, for that matter. Now, there's a famous story about Gute, uh, when he was still a practitioner, when he was a young, younger person. He was sitting all alone in a hut in the, in the woods, and he was doing zazen, mountains. And a lot of people feel that way. They say, oh, I really want to go practice by myself. I want to go practice alone. I want to go into deep samadhi. And there's a time that that's really appropriate. And as he was sitting there, session after session, doing zazen all by himself, somebody came by. And somebody came by, and you know they wore their, their hat and their whole regalia. And the traditional kindness, courtesy, is in that, those days was you, you come by, you meet somebody, you take off your hat, and you say, how are you doing? And this person came, walked around him, stood in front of him and said, if you say an appropriate word, I'll take off my hat. Appropriate word, what's that? And then he does it again. Gute is befuddled. The person does it again. Does it again. And three times, Gute can't think, think of anything to say. What would you say? And then the person said, starts walking away, and he said, wait, 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 it's late. Come back in here, spend the night. My cabin. He said, well, if you can say an appropriate word, I'll do that. If you can't. So that's part of the question here that, that we all are dealing with. What is appropriate? What is, that we are at, what, is, what is it that we are asked for? Non-dual, our life, is everything we see and hear and smell and taste and touch. It is our life. So everything and everybody is asking something from us all the time. It's asking for our response all the time. Clerks ask for a response. The telephone asks for a response. Hot sun, cold rain asks for a response. And the response is, how do we meet what the world is asking of us? How do we meet it? And that's what this koan is about. This koan is about, how do we meet the questions? Now, of course, in this case, in our case, we always respond. Somebody asks us a difficult question and we're befuddled and confused, well, that is a response. You can't not respond. But there's a difference, I think, and that's an interesting question. What is the difference between a response of clarity and a response of befuddlement? Now, this particular koan uh, continues a little bit, or this story continues. That is, Gute, after failing to be able to respond to this uh, person who came by, looked at his own mind and said, you know, I'm really inadequate. I really don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, here I am practicing. I'm sitting all these times. I'm, I'm confused. I can't even respond to a simple request of, say the appropriate word, I'll take off my hat. What would you say? Good morning. Nice to see you. Couldn't even say that. 
because he was trying to say something from really deep in his heart, and he couldn't say something deep in his heart that, that was an appropriate response. So according to the story, Gute was befuddled by this, and he was confused by this, and his mind was cloudy, and he was saying, you know, the inner critic was in full bore, saying, you're inadequate, you're incomplete. You better go someplace else. Better go find another teacher. Better, better find some other way of working. You are not doing it well. We all have felt that, haven't we? And he had a dream that night, and the dream was that, the dream was basically, don't go anywhere, somebody's coming to you. And sure enough, a day or a few, a few days later, this, this person wandered by. His name was Tenryu. He's part of the koan. And Tenryu um, sat, didn't ask him any challenging questions, just sort of was there for a while. But Gute told him this whole story about what happened with the, um, the priest that came by and his, his failure to respond. He said, what would you have done? And Tenryu holds up a finger. And at that, Gute was awakened. Now again, it's not about the finger. But it's interesting when there are times that things really come together, when our aspiration, when our desire, when our deep intention comes together and the world and us meet, and there's often a trigger. There's often a, a, a touching point. There's a knock on the wood. There's a movement, a finger, a sound. Sometimes in the koans, there's shouts or other things that happen. And suddenly, we don't see it from the perspective of duality. We actually realize our aspiration of what's coming towards us are not two things. Our life is like this. It's always non-dual. Things are always coming towards us, but we keep seeing them as other. So that's, this, is what this, this is what this is about, partly. This is about intention, intensity, where we focus our attention. And when we focus our attention, when we are looking things at things directly, we see more clearly, we have more discernment, we have more insight, gain experience, and maybe gain wisdom. And in looking deeply into something, in entering it, in becoming one with it, in merging with it, this arbitrary idea we have of I'm separate, sometimes we see, oh, Never true. Some teachers talk about this moving closer as being intensifying. So for example, you're in an art museum, and you see some painting, and you get really close to it. You want to go and see what the strokes are like, so you move closer and closer to it. And as you move closer and closer to it, the separation between you and that painting decreases. Well, the same thing is true with our body and our breath. How do we get more and more close to this body and breath? We look closely. We pay attention. We don't have thoughts that are constantly breaking 
into two, the connection. You get curious. And curiosity is the one of the factors of enlightenment, the way I like to, to translate it. When we get curious about something, we move into, oh, I'm really curious how this hand works. Look at that, all these fingers move. I really am curious. And so we can be curious from the outside, or we can feel the hand from the inside, and we can feel it as it is moving. We can feel the breath from the inside as it's moving. And we learn something experiential that way. And the difference probably between the awakened sages and us is that while we are trying to look into things, we're trying to get something and get away from things. We're trying to avoid our life. Oh, if I only have a great experience, I won't have to experience all this other stuff. Oh, if only I have some great insight, I can get rid of all this. Whereas actually accepting our whole life and looking into it and going deeply into something with inclusivity and acceptance is the practice of dharma. It's never about, let me get rid of something, or let me get something really juicy that I like, because of course it's going to be impermanent. It's about entering into. So this particular koan is about how do we wholeheartedly engage in our life? And if you look around the room, everybody is so different. There, is not two, there are no two people here who are the same. So there are not two people who are going to express the wholehearted nature of their own being in the same way. So Gute may have expressed it with a finger. How would you express it? How would we express it? Someone asks about a fundamental truth of Dharma. How do you respond? A fundamental truth of Dharma is asking, what is the core of your own being? How do you respond with the core of your own being? How do you respond with completeness, with wholeheartedness? It's not about some old guy's finger. It's about our life, our unique life. The question response, one thing, intimate, personal. The second part of this koan where you know, his attendant, he's been watching, the, watching Goute and watching him hold up a finger and watching him hold up a finger and watching him hold up a finger and the kid says, oh, well, it must be in the finger. I'll do that too. Somebody asks him a profound question of Dharma. Who are you? Where'd you come from? What's the purpose of your life? And the kid does the same thing. Now, of course, in the, you know, the koan is dramatic. It says he cut off his finger with a knife. But, you know, anybody who's tried doing that doesn't work so easily. A few years ago, I went back to my parents' house, and my sister had asked me to cook dinner for my parents. And I'd been a vegetarian for 40 years, and the last thing I'd really cooked well was fondue. And she gave me a chicken. I said, here, cook this chicken for them. <laughs> you know, These days, I would look on the internet and find out how to cook a chicken, but I have no idea. I just sort of guessed. But I was trying to cut the chicken in part, and you know, it doesn't cut easily. You know, it likes to hang together. You can't just sort of go swish and, and the leg comes off. So this particular koan is not about, you know, Gute kind of came and cut some kid's finger off. He's stupid anyhow. It is about how do you cut 
fakeness. How do you cut to the root of fakeness? If somebody is pretending, oh yes, I am wise, I know this, and they're pretending, and they're fake, how do you cut right to the root? How do you, how do you stop that fakeness? How do you help them have something really genuine? How do you help them express something that is right from the guts? And so in this dramatic little story here, it's about a teaching mechanism of how do you help somebody learn to experience and to express and to answer the Dharma from the gut. The last part of the koan, uh, it says, you know, I got this from my teacher. I used it my entire life. Never let me down. It's the the phrase. When Gute was about to die, he said to the assembled monks, I attained this, my teacher's Zen of one finger. I used it throughout my life, but could not exhaust it. When he finished saying this, he died. So this is a question. What is it that we can't exhaust? What is it that we can't exhaust? I was thinking about energy. And there is a a silly idea that if we are 20 years old and we don't use all of our energy, we can save it until we're 30. If we're 30, we can save our energy until we're 40. For 40, we'll save it until we're 50. For 50, save it until we're 60. For 60, we'll save it until we're 70. It does not work like that, as you all know all too well. When we have energy and we have life, we have to use the energy in the life. You can't put it in a bank. It is the direct expression of that life energy is the way to keep the life energy moving. When we're 50, we've got to really function and use every bit of life energy we have as a 50-year-old. When we're 60, when we're 70, same is true. And that flow of energy is not about quality. It's not about, okay, I'll be like an energizer bunny and I'll just be jumping up and down, running around in circles full of energy. It's not. The 20-year-olds have 20-year-old energies and 70-year-olds have 70-year-old energies. It is the expression of our life force the expression of our very life, the oneness of our life in all things, that is so vital. We have something to offer in just being truly, genuinely ourselves, being kind, doing our best to engage with other people. This is a a bit of a commentary that uh, Chibayama Roshi made about this koan. The awakening of Gute and of the boy attendant are not in the finger, if you really see through this, the teacher, Gute, the boy, and you yourself are all run through with the one skewer, one truth. The skewer he's talking about is the truth, of course. One first comments that the awakening of Gute and the boy are not in the finger. What is awakening then? We should not be misled by the word finger. What is it that's in front of you? What is it that's behind you? Cast yourself away, give yourself away, let go of yourself. And to be seen when you see, be heard when you hear. If you truly let go of yourself, whether you may be standing or sitting, coming or going, 
It's nothing but the finger. It's nothing but Zen. Heaven and earth, Gute, the boy, me and you are all run through with one truth, which we're calling a finger right now. So, this koan is essentially about there's no half-hearted practice, no half-hearted aspiration, no half-hearted liberation. This koan is really inviting each person to give expression to their heart's deepest aspiration. And to have confidence that that deep aspiration, that desire for liberation which is in each person's heart, that life energy that is coming through us, being expressed by us, right here, right now, has a juice to it, has a power to it, has a clarity to it. And when we see that directly, we don't worry about this life being meaningless. We don't worry about about. I'm broken. I'm inadequate. All we do is give our life energy and help others. And then we know that directly for ourselves. There's a confidence, a clarity, which we embody. So please, may each of you embody confidence and clarity, your own true nature. So as an aside, uh, so I'll just keep going through these. There's 48 of these. Each one of them has a different point to it. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully uh, make them interesting. So you're welcome back next time I talk.